I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. Transformation. You can't come to Christ and not be changed. If you pay attention to the words of a hymn, there's a message there, a powerful message in each hymn. Say these words to yourself. Amazing grace. Think about the words you're saying. God wants me just as I am, just as you are. But you don't stay that way, right? You are forgiven, freed, your eyes are open, your mind is being renewed, you're understanding the will of God. You step into the gifts and use them for His glory because of grace, amazing grace. About 18 years ago, I began my true walk with Jesus. I followed the Lord in baptism, and he became real to me in a way that I had never experienced. The scripture Romans 12, 2, which we'll get to in a minute, is the one that jumped out at me, and I have held as my life verse ever since. My pastor at the time told me that when I follow the Lord in baptism, he will bless me for my obedience, but to be on the lookout for a big blessing in the way of a ministry. And that is where my calling really begins to take shape. Will you pray with me? Father God, will you be here with us? Be here with me as I open the scriptures, open our hearts to hear you to hear the message you have in this. Be in this message that you have given me to present today. May it be you that we hear and not me. May you increase and I decrease. We love you, Lord. Amen. As I came back out, out of the cool lake water of my baptism, a warm, bright light was very evident shining on the side of my face, unlike anything I had experienced before. I believed it to be God. He was there that day as I made a public display of my submission to him. I was a follower of Jesus, and I had made the choice to be baptized. This verse became my verse, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I was ready to be changed, and my mind was being transformed. I would not conform to the world, and I wanted to live as a Christ follower and be able to discern what the will of God God was in my life. Just as soon as I made my way out of the water because there was a fish that just bumped my leg and I couldn't see the bottom and so I was just sure that there was a turtle going to lurking around down there going to bite my foot. 
But this message is about more than my encounter with little fishes and murky water. This message is about transformation and what that looks like as we live as Christians or Christ followers. In three points. Number one, transformation. Number two, amazing grace. Number three, using and the blessing of spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. This passage is printed on the insert in your bulletin. So please take that out and follow along as I read. As I read this, really consider your part in this scripture. And Gabriel did a great job presenting this scripture this morning, so you're really going to know this because you're going to get it a couple times today. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I found this version to be a bit more thought-provoking as I studied than my regular NIV, and so it might sound a little bit different than what you're used to. Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, And individually, we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortion, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Did I do okay, Gabriel? The beginning of the book of Romans, chapters 1 through 11, talks about salvation and what it means to come to God through Christ. Beginning at chapter 12, Paul begins to describe how those of us who are in Christ, Christians or Christ followers, should live. There is so much good stuff in these eight verses of Scripture. I could actually go on for days. And I'm super excited to bring this message to you. But I won't go on for days, so let's get to it. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. These two verses say so much. But first of all, this is point one, transformation. 
Being a Christian isn't just about me, me, me. God loves me. He answers my prayers. I need God. I need this. I need that. Show me the way. It's all good stuff. However, we're starting to sound like a one-way street. This is a relationship. Relationship is a two-way street. Yes, God loves all those things that I named, and they're important. But we need to do our part. Rephrase. We want to do our part. When we are saved and we truly give our lives as a living sacrifice, we are changed. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And like Pastor Jason has mentioned before, we have access to the mind of God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that is supported in the, in the scripture of 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 through 16. And because of this, we can discern what the will of God is. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is all about a natural response to being saved. We submit to God. We want to be holy as he is holy. A living sacrifice. What does this mean? We allow God to use us for his, his purposes. Living a life of worship and strive to be holy. To be acceptable to God. Can we do this in our own power? Am I strong enough to live a holy life free from sin? No. Is it possible to live a holy life free from sin? Yes. Wait, what? How? Through the Holy Spirit. Sin is a choice. You do not have to choose it. You will no longer conform to this world and the things the world says are good. You will be transformed by renewing your mind with the Holy Spirit's help. You can live a holy life pleasing to God. So what are we waiting for? Jump in with both feet. Get to it. We are changed, transformed. We are children of the Most High God. Point number two, amazing grace. Verse three. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. One verse, but there again, so much in it. So here's the part that really jumped out at me as I read different versions of this verse each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Okay, so are you saying that we are each given a different measure of faith? Fun fact, faith is actually a spiritual gift. Yeah, and that's for another sermon. But here is what I found out from researching the Bible and different commentaries. We are each given a measure of faith according to the gifts that God has given to us. We all have faith. Some of it is shaken. Some of it is tiny as a mustard seed. And some of it is given to each of us 
in the amount so that we can live out the spiritual gifts that God has blessed us with. So when God blesses you with a spiritual gift, he gives you what you need to be successful at it. The right amount of faith. And faith grows, by the way. As your relationship with God grows, your trust grows, which equals your faith grows. Living a life as a missionary may take a little more faith than stepping out to teach a Sunday school class. Both require faith, right? Maybe God has asked you to be a pastor or a second grade teacher or a public speaker. And you're like, um, wait, <laughs> what? Following God's will for your life, putting your own ideas aside and following God, that takes faith, right? As you trust God and you have faith that he will give you what you need to be successful, you will find your life to be more fulfilling and making a difference to those around you. You are actually good at this stuff that he's given you to do. But watch out. You begin to be proud of yourself and all that you accomplished. You start thinking you're just a little bit better than that other person over there that's blossoming in their spiritual gift. But they are just not quite as important as you are. So hold on to that thought. Keep this in mind. This is of God, and he is the one who gave you the gift and the tools to be successful. So you can live out his will and do his work. And function in the part of the body that you need to function in. Here's a portion of verse 3. Think with sober judgment. God has given you the right amount of faith to do what he has called you to do. We cannot boast it is not because I am so great, because I am not. However, God is great, and all glory to him. Point number three, using and the blessing of spiritual gifts. Verses four through eight. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually, we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortion, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, and the compassionate in cheerfulness. So as we tie this in to verse 3, again we realize God gives us spiritual gifts so we can function as Christ's body, working together for him and not for our own boasting. Verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. This is the church. Think about it. When you pray about where you want to serve in church, you do not necessarily get the same answer as the person sitting in the row beside you. Because we are all called to be different parts of the body. Take VBS, for example. There are many, many jobs in VBS. Kitchen, prayer support, Bible teaching, lesson time, games, crafts, nursery, music, 
And there are sections in those jobs. Someone has to change diapers, right? Someone has to empty the garbage can. Someone has to lead the lesson. Someone has to butter the bread. If just one of these jobs is not done, BBS does not run smooth. If everyone was called to work in the nursery, who would run BBS? Likewise, if no one worked in the nursery, those little ones would not be here and their parents would not be able to help and serve. We couldn't run BBS. Every job is important. Maybe the big toe feels like it isn't as important as the eye, but without the big, your big toe, your whole balance is off, right? Verse 5 and 6. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. In the beginning of verse 3, notice how Paul says, For the grace given to me, Paul, the apostle Paul, has a specific measure of grace given to him to do the work that God has set before him to do. Every one of us is important. Every one of us has gifts. God thinks you're special, and he's given you gifts. When you use those gifts for his kingdom, you enjoy them. You enjoy doing it. Have you ever just loved serving? That area may very well be one of your spiritual gifts that God gave you. Have you ever not loved serving? That may be um, an area that is just not your gifting area. As we get older and less able to do things we could before, guess what? God can still use you, and he expects to use you. You do not retire from being a Christian. In my Quest Bible, I read this, and it makes sense. Paul has identified the church as one body with many parts. Each part works effectively only if it is attached to the whole body. The whole body works effectively only if all the members do their part. This analogy applies to both the universal church, which is believers all around the world, and individual local churches like this one. So, get out and do your ministry. But where? Wherever you live. In a book I'm reading by Barbara Brown Taylor, she talks about doing our ministry in our office. What is your office? Well, if you have ever been in a person's office, you can, learn, you can see and learn a lot about them. You can also see them do their work as Christians or Christ followers. What is our work? Well, we live as followers of Jesus, and we disciple We are ambassadors for Christ. We are changing the world for Jesus. Our office is wherever you do your Jesus work. On the school bus, in your big rig, at your job, as you work with kids, working in a nursing home, stocking shelves at Walmart, stay-at-home moms and dads, wherever you work is your office. 
That is where you exercise your gifts. Your office can also change with seasons of life. Keep that in mind. No matter how young or old you are, you still have an office. God gave us these gifts to function as Christ's body working together, not for our own boasting. We are called to be salt and light of the world, to care for the least of these, to disciple it's okay to be proud of yourself and, very, it, and to be very good at what you do. There is nothing wrong with that. You should take pride in your work and do the very best job that you can do. It's when pride becomes boasting or haughtiness, which is defined as feeling superior or arrogant. So to wrap this all up together, Romans 12 answers the question, how should those saved by grace live today? How should we respond to the incredible mercy that God has shown us? I borrowed this from a commentary that I was reading, and it said it just perfectly. When we accept Jesus and choose to follow him, we choose holiness, living blameless, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, we are changed. We can't help but walk out the door on Sunday and live changed all week, even at your job. Even at your job? That's not easy. But why? Why is it not easy? Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your minds. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. To help you live changed at your job. Would you deny Jesus at your job three times before the rooster crows? Live changed. Live in the measure of grace and faith that God has assigned you. Use your spiritual gifts. Living sacrifice is not a performance that can be faked. Christ's follower equals mind transformed equals mind renewed. In other words, you are changed. You live changed always, not just on Sundays and not just here in the church. Live in the world, but not of the world. Don't be afraid to step into your gifts that God has given you. You are designed to fulfill those gifts. And bonus, God has given you the Holy Spirit to help you. So make the choice today to do your part in the body of Christ. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Take time to get to know the mind of God through the Holy Spirit. Because of God's grace, we don't have to conform to the world. God will help us renew our minds. I was lost and blind. I gave my life to Jesus, and now I see. I have joy in struggle. I have peace in pain. I can discern what the will of God is. Just as I am, O Lamb of God, I come to be welcomed, pardoned, cleansed, changed. Barbara and Ginger will make their way up for our last song, which is Just As I Am. 
This song was sung at Billy Graham Crusades, inviting people to come just as you are. Come to Jesus just as you are broken. He will heal you. He'll forgive you. Today, renew your commitment to him. Give your life to him as a living sacrifice. Trust Jesus today. Don't wait. Amazing grace is for you. Before we sing and are dismissed, will you pray with me one more time? Oh Lord, we are so excited that you take us just as we are, just as I am. But we don't stay that way. You mold us and change us to be used for your glory. Lord, if anyone here today has not trusted you with their whole heart, but they are ready, hear their prayer. Lord, come into our lives and lead us as our Lord and Savior. O Lamb of God, because of your blood shed for me, for us, we come. Today is the day we are changed. In your name we pray. Amen. You are a Christ follower. Until you take your last breath, you have a purpose and you are important. Go and do.